0: The Ramblings of a Storyteller Presents Left, episode one, Elliot. Written by Audrey and Josiah Norton. Narrated by Josiah Norton. Eve, you think we got anything this time? Elliot drove his walking stick into the earth. Terrain gave little ground against his crutch. Elliot's right hand rested against a boulder Immediately, he withdrew it and blew breath into his palm. Warmth shimmied between his fingers and escaped. After a moment, Elliot tapped the top of a camera he had secured in a harness strapped to his torso. I wish you'd say something. Elliot peered through the thicket, standing atop a hill that overlooked a shallow river. There lie his water, his would-be source of food, but sustenance had been a skittish bastard as of late. Months into this contest, and Elliot now held regret for not selecting the choice of bow and arrow. Instead, Elliot chose line and lure. When he accepted the fact that either nature had failed him or he himself, Elliot was forced to alter his plan, deciding to weave a trap out of twigs and vine and left tethered in this very stream. Elliot turned back to the camera. We need this, Eve. He fiddled with his walking stick that more so served Elliot as a crutch and surveyed the decline of his path. None the least bit did he dread the return trek, The amount of energy he would exhaust. I need this. He inhaled, nearly choking on the crisp chill of the air. Elliot shook his head in frustration. Dizziness pulsed as he rubbed his lower back. His hand brushed against the yellow device clipped to his belt. Elliot's finger lingered over his exit. His relief. No, Eve, I'm not pushing the button. Elliot stood. I can do it. I can do it. He unclipped his video camera from its harness and dug a finger into a notch. With minimal effort, the device's built-in tripod unfolded. Hang on, Eve. Let me get you to that spot you like. Elliot let his walking stick fall to the ground and he positioned Eve on a smooth rock that cautiously peeked over the ravine. He fiddled with the device's bracing, leveling the support. Once satisfied, Elliot tilted the camera so that Eve's lens captured a wide shot of the stream, but centering the focus on his trap. There we go. Elliot stood again. Oh, wait. He returned to Eve and checked the camera's aperture. He nodded approval and reached for his stick. He came up empty and panicked. Oh, yeah, Elliot groaned, leaning over from a crouch to retrieve his crutch. He shifted his weight to the stick, using it to pull himself up. A twig snapped from behind Eve, and Elliot spun around. He surveyed the beyond and assumed the source. Aye, bear. Elliot thunked the bottom side of the stick against the cold stone. Twice. The second much harder than the first. His hand ached from the vibration. Nothing. Shoe. Hey, bear. Get. Nothing still. Elliot concluded he was wrong in his assumption and returned his focus back to the task before him. Eve, don't go nowhere. Elliot chuckled, despite his want. He shifted his walking stick until the awkwardly carved grip felt secure enough to press on. Better not laugh at me if I fall, either. Elliot grumbled. Eve may not. But he knew the viewers, comfy and cozy in their ignorance, would not be so considerate. Elliot checked his footing before shuffling down the ravine. Shifty morsels of earth scurried underneath, and he hesitated. Elliot gazed upward as if the layered sky could unleash inspiration through its veil. Of course, nature withheld any reply. Elliot sighed and stuck his walking stick outward and back into the ground. He wiggled the stick estimating how much confidence he could invest in the crutch. Not much, but Elliot had no other option. He had to see himself down to the ravine. It took a good couple of minutes, a few curses, but eventually Elliot did make it to the edge of the waterline. He mustered a good squint of the eye and located his trap peeking above the waves, precisely where he had placed it. The current nudged the basket like an incessant child. Elliot bit his lip as he eyed the obstacle course of rocks protruding from the stream. That water was going to be cold. I don't want to get this, Eve. You? Elliot asked back toward the camera. He noticed a piece of lip he'd bit had stuck to his teeth. Irritated, Elliot turned his face from Eve's surveillance and scraped the flesh off with the finger. But with it, he only painted his teeth with grime, subtracting comfort from sanity. He tightened his throat and made an unpleasant sound. Elliot shifted to a gargle, then spat. Course not, Elliot muttered. He cared not if Eve heard him. All you're good for is being a window for judgmental viewers, or creeps hoping for the off chance that nature offs me. Elliot scratched his head and then shook it. I guess they ain't all that way. Elliot swayed in his state, He need not rile himself. His head became clouded, vision pulsed, and Elliot's balance waned. Apparently, he need not shake his head either. He drew support from his walking stick, resting it until what stability he had left returned. Elliot breathed heavy. This was it his lifeline. Should he fail here and now, he would either have to call in the extraction team or might very well die from starvation either way, Elliot would return home a failure. No surprise there. Elliot stepped to the first stone, which was big enough to stand comfortably. Elliot eyed the next landing. This stone and the fourth needed more care on the approach. The second stone offered little surface for one foot, so when he leapt, Elliot lightly landed with his left foot and quickly shot across to land on the third stone. Here, he rested. It felt like the rest of him lagged behind. So he waited. Once convinced he was ready, Elliot, much like the second, leapt across the fourth stone and onto the fifth, where just below him lay his trap. Two of them! Eve! Elliot turned to the camera. Two of them now! He laughed, running both hands through his hair as he watched two captive fish flopping this way and that in shallow depth. This should help my morale for sure, Elliot thought, for a little while longer at least. Can't be too many of them left. Better not be too many of them left. With perseverance revitalized, Elliot retrieved the basket from the water and with as much haste as exhaustion allowed, removed the funnel and laid it to the side. He embraced the coned basket and secured it against his chest. It was cold. Elliot looked up at the camera. Once confirming he remained within Eve's eye, he returned to the weaved cone. Elliot propped the base of the cone against his left foot and helped steady it with a hand. Elliot bowed his head, his eyes closed. Thank you. He contorted his body and extended his right arm into the basket. At first, the fish side unnerved Elliot, but he scoured on. Eventually, he withdrew his hand from the frigid wetness. He shook it, then placed the hand under the opposite armpit for warmth. Elliot psyched himself up, then returned that same hand to the basket. He felt what he assumed was a caudal fin. Elliot clenched and yanked upward and outward, withdrawing a slender, whatever the hell type of fish this was. He didn't care, as long as what he caught was edible. The fish flopped and flapped, contorting this way and that, as Elliot admired his catch. The fish danced out of Elliot's hand and into the water. Without thought, Elliot leapt, He still held the basket, and with it, he successfully recaptured the fugitive, but at the expense of dousing himself shin-deep in frigid water. No, no, idiot. Elliot stepped up and out of the water, using the cone of the basket as leverage to hoist himself up and back onto the rock he had leapt from. He hefted the basket back up and rested it on the stone. Elliot shook one foot, then the other. His socks were soaked shoes, even worse. Idiot. Elliot shook his head, in the hopes that sense would return. He needed to get back to camp, fast. Elliot retreated across the stones, adrenaline hurrying him back to dry land. Immediately, he withdrew one of the fish and threw it and himself to the ground on the water's edge. The basket fell as well. Elliot placed his left hand firm on the fish hating the way its skin felt. He cricked his neck to the side and found a rock, extended to grab it, but his finger slipped off its slick surface. Elliot's pace quickened, pivoting to the other side, scouring his surrounding until he found an appropriately sized rock without any moss. He clenched the stone, brought his arm up, ready his aim. The fish's tail flapped helpless against the earth. Elliot ended the fish with one solid blow to the head. He scooted his legs underneath his bottom and leaned back. Dropping the stone, he brought his hands to his head, clenching the sides of his temple, grinning. Elliot ran both hands through his hair and back around to his abundantly unkept chin. I'm still in this. Elliot hunched over the fish. Once again, he bowed his head and nodded. I'm still in this. Thank you. A tear seeped out of his left eye. Elliot shot up in alarm as he remembered the second fish. He whipped around and scooted to the basket, rotating the trap to where the thatched opening faced him. The second fish was gone. A fit burst forward and Elliot flung the trap to the ground. He stood, much quicker than even he expected. His head spun and stability lagged to catch up. He endured his pulsing vision and found the second fish pattering away in nonsensical directions all of which were much too close to the river's edge. No, no, Elliot scurried for the fish and reached the escapee just before entering the river. Got you, you Ygglil. The fish squirmed and slid through and out Elliot's hold, but he managed to re the fish before it met the ground. Elliot looked to the camera. Got him. Eve, got him. He made his way to where he had left the first fish and delivered the second the same quick end. Elliot picked up each limp prize and carried them up the incline to where Eve overlooked his embarrassing skirmish with nature. Though this was indeed a victory, the battle wasn't over. Elliot still had to make it home. The fire needed stoking when Elliot returned to camp. His feet were really beginning to hurt, but he couldn't rest yet. Elliot detached Eve and relocated the placement of the camera to where the device typically lounged as the dusk shifted to night. He walked back to the fire, facing the enticing fingers of heat for a time. For the most part, the flame was healthy, just needed a little bit of care. After the flame was content, Elliot strung up the mangled meat. Elliot ran a hand through his hair, but a finger snagged on a matted clump and he jerked his head to the left. He grimaced and sank into his chair. The shoddy craftsmanship protested, but there Elliot sat regardless, becoming lost in the blaze, which, at this moment, Elliot considered to be his lifeline more than food. I don't know how much more I got left in me, Eve. Elliot examined himself. His fingers danced across a barren gut that, only months before, displayed more than enough abundance. He looked into the visual display his camera provided him. Well, it wasn't his camera. Eve, amongst the rest of Elliot's scant media gear, was lent to him at the beginning of this little venture. I don't recognize myself anymore. He picked away at a scab of stubborn moss attached to his chair and tossed it into the fire. How many of them do you think are left, Eve? He'd asked this question many times. Elliot waited as if the camera would respond. Of course, it never did. Yeah, you might be right, Elliot said, pretending otherwise. Elliot looked to the suspended fish and his pair of damp socks hanging over the open flame. From there, his eye reluctantly looked to his feet. His toes were swelled, discolored, a shade of red. Elliot groaned and hoisted his leg closer to the fire he expected some relief from the bite, some warmth. But he abandoned expectation and wallowed in disappointment as a strange tingle began to prod Elliot's resolve. So he put some distance between his feet and the fire. Scrunching his nose, he leaned over to escape the inevitable nag of smoke. He successfully escaped and was met with a gust of his soon-to-be dinner. Elliot never much liked the smell of seafood, but at this particular point in time, it smelt like he was about to have the tastiest meal of his life. However, with its natural potency, the scent was definitely signaling something delicious existed to all the other hungry creatures sniffing out their next nosh. In a more ideal circumstance, Elliot would have preferred to fillet the fish and cook the meat away from camp. But, considering the current state of his body, Elliot decided to risk nature and its lust. If not, he would be subdued into defeat and forced to press the button that undermines his determination, therein accepting his fate and return to civilization of failure. Once the first fish was cooked, Elliot hobbled over with his walking stick and retrieved the food. He returned to his chair, not bothering to string up the second fish, which lay filleted on a log nearby. Elliot took a bite, and indeed, it was the best-tasting meal of his life. In another life, perhaps Elliot would think otherwise. But here, and now, this fish was perfect. Elliot all but shoved the fish down his gullet and contemplated cooking up the second. However, his reluctance of using his feet detoured him. He eyed his shelter, which appeared less pathetic than his chair. Elliot returned to stare at his feet. He tried wiggling his toes. Elliot managed to do so, but barely. On the ground next to him lay his greatest temptation. The radio that would call in the extraction team. Eve watched Elliot as he picked up the radio. A finger hovered over the button that would decide the direction of his life, should he cater to weakness. Elliot dropped the radio to the ground and leaned back in his chair. Part of the construction creaked, snapped, and fell off, but Elliot paid no mind. His stomach was content. His fire danced with life. He could kind of wiggle his toes. I'm still in this. Elliot rested his head and closed his eyes. I'm still in this. Elliot jerked awake. The fire had lost ground to nature and her cold. There was little light, but enough for Elliot to see that his feet looked different than before. He looked to Eve, still surveilling him from her perch. The battery indicator light was blinking orange. Elliot sighed. Sorry, Eve. Can't change your heart right now. He scooted up in his chair and extended himself across his body to better examine the result of his stupidity. His feet were still discolored, but now the red had shifted to a grayness that flirted with a pale yellow. Blisters forming. Elliot began to weep as he gently caressed his feet. His eyes grew wide. Eve, I I can't feel them. He tapped them, first a bit soft. Then, when he still could not feel the points of contact, he slapped them. Eve, Elliot began to panic. No, Eve, oh, while am I am my talking to you. You can't do a damn thing. He threw himself against the back of the chair. Elliot's hand scoured the earth for the communications radio. He came up empty and combed the opposite side. Almost instantly, he brushed against the device. He seized the radio and brought the comm close to his mouth. Elliot hesitated. He breathed heavy and shallow. He rested a finger on the button. His eyes flooded, and he wiped the tears away with the forearm that held his fate and brought the calm back to his mouth. Elliot pressed the button. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Ramblings of a Storyteller podcast. Follow Roast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Audible, Google Podcasts, and more for more stories, or visit my website at theramblingsofastoryteller.com. From there, you can find a direct link to the digital platform of your choice. A special thank you to Cody Carter for providing the underlying soundtrack. If you have any voiceover requests, please contact me directly at Josiah at Storyteller.com. Right on.